Yoshitoshi sits in his house in Tokyo. It's 1891. It's winter. But his robes hang loose. His hair is short and grain and unkempt. He's talking about the government and ghosts. Yoshitoshi has been among the greatest artists in Japan, the master of woodblock printing, and he will be remembered as the last great artist of the old tradition. But he has always struggled to reconcile his love of old Japan with the new order, the Western order to which his country has succumbed. And now, in 1891, he is falling apart. He talks as though there are others in the room, artists like himself, a gathering of kindred spirits to which he has invited all his friends. But when his friends arrive to this gathering of famous artists, they are surprised to find Yoshitoshi utterly alone. This is The Object Podcast, produced by the Minneapolis Institute of Art. Today, the story of a lost world, the floating world, and a man determined to carry the torch forward, even as the light is flickering out. I'm Tim Gearing. In 1839, Yoshitoshi is born into a closed country. In fact, by this time, Japan has been closed for more than 200 years. No foreign trade, for the most part. No foreigners, for the most part. No coming or going, like, at all. Also, no mercy. You're Japanese and try to leave, you're killed. You're Japanese living abroad and try to come home, you're killed. You're a foreigner and try to come ashore illegally. You're definitely killed. In fact, if you're deported and try to communicate with Japan just by letter, you might be hunted down and, yeah, goner. They call this Sokoku, literally chained country. And this is the period, ironically, when Japan is most at peace especially with itself. The emperor has taken a back seat while the shoguns, well, on the show, and very efficiently. So you end up with this highly regulated society where everyone knows their place. And Japan becomes very Japanese. This is the Japan of the geisha and the tea house and the samurai, the warrior elite, right? And the pleasure quarters in the cities of Kyoto and what was then called Edo, now Tokyo, are in full bloom. They call it the floating world. For Yoshitoshi, the floating world is really the only one he knows. He is a true Idoko, or child of Edo. Yoshitoshi starts training to be an artist when he's just a kid. At 11, he's apprenticed to the leading master of woodblock prints in all of Japan. And at 14, he publishes his first print. That same year, in 1853, Commodore Perry of the United States 
sails his warships into Edo Bay. They're called the Black Ships. And Perry has not come for a cup of tea. Okay, the floating world is a concept as much as a reality, right? Yes, there are geisha and tea houses and theaters and actors. It's a whole pleasure world for, well, let's face it, men to enjoy. But it's also a feeling and aspiration. And a whole form of art becomes the way of communicating this feeling. The floating world is ukiyo, and the art is ukiyoe, the woodblock print, the woodcut. You can print a ton of these. They're fairly inexpensive, and they're very colorful and evocative. You've seen one, even if you don't think you've seen a kuyue. The Wave by Hokusai, that's a woodblock print. They're basically what you think of when you think of Japanese art. And that's exactly what Yoshitoshi would probably thought when he started making art. This is what he grew up with. His family was so old Japan, actually. His father, who was a fairly wealthy businessman, bought his way into samurai status. The samurai still commanded that respect. But his father was also a jerk. He had a mistress, his wife left him, and then he got another mistress, and that's when Yoshitoshi had to bounce. Went to live with an uncle who got him into art. So he starts making his woodblock prints, right? And they're just wild. You can see a lot of them right now at the Minneapolis Institute of Art which recently acquired a big stash of these prints. So he starts out like his mentor with these bloody, brutal battle scenes and depictions of seppuku, the ritual suicide, and people love them. I don't know, maybe after 200 years of peace, they seem like abstract entertainment, you know, like horror movies to suburban kids. But eventually... The chaos and fear in these prints starts to match reality. One year after Yoshitoshi publishes that first print, the floating world starts to sink. Commodore Perry has come back in 1854 with more than twice as many black ships, demanding that Japan open up. And this time, it does. Let's talk about ghosts, okay? Yoshitoshi almost certainly went to ghost story sessions when he was younger. This kind of Buddhist parlor game known as a gathering of 100 supernatural tales. You light 100 paper lamps, place them around the house, and start telling ghost stories. And each person who tells one puts out one of these lamps, so it's getting darker and darker and supposedly inviting actual spirits into the house. Now, apparently, by the 99th tale, most games were over. People got way too scared to actually sit in total darkness, 
with that many ghosts around. Yoshitoshi probably loved it. His first real success as an artist is the series called 100 Ghost Stories. Now, these aren't the kind of ghosts, the white-sheeted mutes of modern-day America, who just like to move the furniture around. These ghosts are complicated and ever-present in the old Japan that Yoshitoshi cherishes. A kind of shadow society of women who died in childbirth, for example, or malevolent manifestations of people's anger or jealousy. Or they're just the contented dead, happy to help the living from the other side. Mostly the reminders of the fragility of life. Now, Yoshitoshi's ghost stories come out in 1865, and by now, Japan is really falling apart. After Commodore Perry's last visit, Japan opened its doors to American trade, and then the Russians came in, and now people are taking sides. And you end up with just chaos, like people hacking at foreigners in the street with swords, basically. The economy craters. And then crops start failing. There's famine, and there's a major earthquake. Edo is in ruins. 7,000 people have died. Eventually, it's civil war. The emperor has been a figurehead for 700 years, and now some people who are left out of the shogun power circle are trying to put the emperor back on top. And now they've got the guns to do it. In 1868, Yoshitoshi witnesses the last bloody battle of the war. He and his assistant climb a hill in Edo to watch a band of samurai with their swords and armor, go up against the imperial troops, the emperor's guys, with their western machine guns. And it's slaughter, just a mowing. Yoshitoshi wasn't expecting the samurai to win, probably, but he also wasn't prepared for this mechanistic wipeout. It's a shock, really. Almost a vulgar end to such a genteel era. The last shogun resigns after this battle. And now, everything about the floating world suddenly seems anachronistic. The lights have gone out on old Japan. There's nothing left but ghosts. Yoshitoshi is broken. And broke, frankly. He'd been selling those bloody prints like the series 28 Famous Murders with Verse and 100 Warriors. But now, with the country in tatters, people are tired of violence. Yoshitoshi suffers a mental breakdown, basically, and with no money coming in, his mistress sells her clothes and all her stuff, and eventually herself, prostituting herself to keep going. At one point, they burn the floorboards of their house just to stay warm. Then Yoshitoshi starts working again. The modern world demands mass media, and 
Yoshitoshi starts designing for newspapers and other publications. In fact, he reinvents the old woodblock print with Western influences, like the perspective and more energetic lines. And he's using more vivid colors, too, from inks that came through trade. So he's adapting. He comes out with a series called Beauties and Seven Daytime Flowers, which is almost soft porn, to be honest. Lots of women with their tops off or just looking pretty next to flowers. But no one's killing anyone, and the women have faces and expressions, and the prints sell. By 1884, Yoshitoshi has more than 80 apprentices, and he kind of makes his last stand. He publishes 100 Aspects of the Moon, a beautiful and nostalgic series of scenes from Japanese and Chinese history and legend, with the moon always in the story. Now, Japan had adopted the rising sun as its flag, right? The year that Commodore Perry first sailed into Edo. As if to signal a new dawn. And here's Yoshitoshi celebrating the moon instead. The symbol of the old ways, the old world. People loved it. In fact, they lined up every time a new print in the series was released. Just be sure they got one. Yoshitoshi spends the last three years of his life working on another ghost series. And these ghosts are incredible. These spirits are often transforming into a heron, a badger, a cherry tree, or even smoke. He paints this giant ghost spider who... Looks like a villain with a walrus mustache, trying to smother someone with a sheet. And there's this demon who loses an arm in a fight, and then manages to escape with it, disguised as an old woman. Carrying an arm, not suspicious at all. They're like ghosts you might encounter at breakfast, like, Oh God, there's the giant spider again. Now I better get my sword out. Like it's the most natural thing in the world. Which in Yoshitoshi's mind, maybe it was. By this time, it's clear he's going to be the last great master of the woodblock print. It flourished for hundreds of years, and now it's going to die with him, more or less. And he knows it. As much as he knows anything for sure. The barriers in his mind between past and present, real and unreal, are starting to break down. This is when he invites his friends over to that gathering of artists that was just a delusion. He's physically weakening too, sometimes cold to the point of hypothermia, and he's just 53 years old. Shortly after that delusion of artists, He's admitted to a sanitarium, but after a while, in the spring of 1892, he leaves. He rents some rooms, and for the final weeks of his life, he lives alone. Now, a couple years before, he had made a print of a samurai general, who had just been savagely defeated, and the samurai decides the only honorable thing to do is kill himself. 
the ritual suicide of seppuku. He has his knife in hand. Before he turns it on himself, he writes a jisei, a so-called farewell poem to life, a tradition for more than a thousand years. And now, this is what Yoshitoshi does too. Holding back the night, he writes, with its increasing brilliance, the summer moon. And with that, the ultimate touche, the moon rising instead of the sun, Yoshitoshi becomes a ghost himself. This has been the Object Podcast, produced by the Minneapolis Institute of Art. I'm Tim Gearing. Send us feedback. Leave a review at Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever you're listening. And thank you 